0: Good morning and welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike and we are in 2018. Woo! We, uh, Yeah, just getting ready to uh, get started on this 2018. I went back to work yesterday and uh, the inertia of vacation is still on me. A little bit yesterday was Really hard to get up and get going. <laughs> um, back to classes and such, but uh, today's a little bit better. Got a little bit more sleep, I think. Um, but man, once you once your body gets used to uh, being on vacation, sometimes it's hard to to get it back into uh, work mode. So this is, uh, I believe, it's January 10th, and I haven't. Uh, haven't recorded any podcasts in the last couple weeks. It's a very busy end of the year for me with uh, concerts, and Christmas parties, and worship services, and uh, New Year's Eve parties, and New Year's Day parties, and barbecue, and, and, uh, and uh, if you've been following, we're still getting this cafe on its feet, so it's, there's been a lot of stuff going on. On so in a sense, going back to work is kind of like a break for me, <laughs> in a way, especially on Wednesdays because I've got that long, long lunch break where I sometimes put out my hammock and eat my lunch and take a little nap in the sun and today, man, it's a nice one. It's a sunny, fairly warm day for January. And it'll be a nice day in the hammock if I get to do that. Um, as far as, uh, yeah, theology and whatnot, uh, not much happening with me, uh, however, one big thing, uh, I uh, finished The uh, Crucifixion of the Warrior God, finally, by uh, by uh, Greg Boyd, finished Volume 2 and uh, got to page 1301. Uh, Originally, I thought it was going to be more like uh, over 1,460 pages, but all of that on the end—it's uh, got it's got a, an extensive uh, bibliography as, as well as a reading list and index and all of that stuff. So that was over 150 pages just right there. So I was real happy to get the end. Uh, got to the end on New Year's Eve, uh, and then a, an hour or so of reading on New Year's Eve and knocked it out. So now I'm. I'm fresh open to uh, new books and I've got a couple books that I started working on. Um, one almost presents itself like a kid's book. It's got pictures for each page and it's sort of like uh, a little devotional. It's kind of interesting uh, and I think it's called Healing Your Image of God or something like that. How, how to Heal Your Image of God. or anyway. Uh, so far, it's a pretty interesting read. It's it's uh, different devotions on on uh, alternative ways to view um, the character of God. Which, is, if you know me, you know that's right up my alley. So that's been the journey I've been on in the last uh, probably two to three years. Um, if I were to trace my my spiritual Uh, progression. Um, Let's see, I I just turned 49 about a month ago. Uh, But really, I would say in any real tangible way, besides uh, baptism, I'd say I came to Christ uh, probably somewhere in 1999 uh, when I was 30. that. Um, now I was baptized when I was a lot younger, as a, as a child, baptized by my dad. I'm very grateful for that. But, uh, as far as as uh, encountering uh, God uh, and doing anything, anything of significance, instead of just arguing about Scripture, for example, Say that happened when I was 30 uh, and I would say from that point on I at, at that point I was all into uh, saving souls when I, when I when when Jesus reached me first that was my entire focus was was just telling people about God getting them to agree to be baptized and then kind of being done with it um, and and I did that and kind of rode that way for about And then, uh, through uh, a friend of mine, on whom it didn't take, which is interesting, uh, I was uh, uh, introduced to new ways to do church, uh, new ways to to think about the gathering. Uh, And that was from 2004, and that was through... um, Church planting movements or CPMs, which is something that the uh, Baptists were having great success at uh, in the Third World, especially, and so that kind of rocked my world, and I realized, wow, there's other ways to do church. And then that went into uh, that that went on for two or three years, but I didn't I didn't switch churches. I, I just realized that that would probably be a great way to do it, and then from that point on. Uh, it went to, um, into more organic or house church type things, which is through uh, Frank Viola. So about 2000, I want to say around 2007, could have been 2008 or 2009, but somewhere around there, I was introduced to the books of Frank Viola. Uh, Reimagining church was the first one. Uh, and then from there, I read pretty much everything he's written. I mean, except for, very recently, and so Frank Viola was was my guy. I would say from right around two thousand seven uh, through I don't know maybe two thousand fourteen something like that. So for about seven years, uh, I read pretty much everything he did, and I still appreciate him very much. In fact, I had a Frank Viola dream the other night. I've never met him. <laughs> but it just shows you how, how big he has been uh, in my mind uh, and how big an influence he's been on me. Uh, love Frank. Uh, but as of uh, the last two to three years, it's been more about, uh, not about um, uh, ecclesiology, not so much about the gathering, although I still have a lot of um, opinions about that. I'd say in the last two to three years, it's been more about theology and specifically Christology. Um, And the focus of those, the importance of those to me, is that they, in studying those fields, uh, if it's done well, in my opinion, you will start to uncover the true character of God. You will start to uncover who God is. And what I now believe is that you can know God. You can know God, and you can know Him very well. In any way that matters, you can know Him. Uh, I know there's an old scripture that says, who can know the mind of God? Uh, Well, I would say, we can. And and how could we how could we love God as much as as much as we should uh, unless we know His mind, you know? Uh, and and I think uh, even beyond that, I think God wants to be known. I think God desires for us to know exactly who He is. Uh, I think that that He uh, has been. Uh, to say that God is dumbfounded or perplexed, I know that's kind of... kind of... Uh, uh, bordering on... Uh, yeah, <laughs> a very slippery slope. But... Uh, I would say that... that that it does not please Him that we don't know who He is, that we've been so mistaken about His character over... down through the years, that that sin has so... Corrupted us that we can't see what's plainly in front of our eyes, uh, and so I, 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 uh, I believe uh, that God wants to be known, that He can be known, and that He is known today. Uh, but He could not have been known because of sin's power. Because of sin's corruptive influence uh, he could not have been known had one event not happened uh, and that is the the death of jesus the crucifixion of jesus that one event is what made god knowable uh, and you can you know we can we can throw back and forth uh ideas on exactly uh, how the mechanism of that works, uh, some, some people believe that there was, you know, some kind of a powerful miracle, uh, or a magical happening that defeated the powers of darkness, uh, and, and, uh, you know, that, that, that a sword wielding Jesus went into the spiritual realm and, and broke the chains, uh, that held, um, or kept this corruption in place, the spiritual corruption. Uh, and I know that imagery is sometimes used, uh, but I, I I tend to t- take that metaphorically uh, because I, I see the miracle, uh, and I do believe in miracles, first of all, I think God does intervene in the world. But what I wanted to say is, I, I think that the the beauty of the cross is not that some magical thing happened but that in Jesus agreeing to go to the cross for us and to forgive all of our sins once for all, past, present, and future, to forgive sin and and in doing so, I think he defeated sin. I think that's how he defeated sin, by By taking it all upon himself, but the the real the real important part of that, I'm I'm thinking through this. I'm kind of brainstorming here. Uh, If you know this, if you listen to this podcast, you know that's kind of how I do things on this. Um, I think the real power is found in the fact that he willingly went to the cross; that he sacrificed himself that he died, even though he was innocent, to show us that that's who God is. And the the realizing that God is that God. God is the God of absolute, complete, unreasonable love. Completely unreasonable love. That God's love is so all-encompassing that he would do that for everyone. The knowledge of that, the knowledge of who God is because of that event, I believe is what breaks the bonds that held us captive and that held the entire world captive. Because as soon as you realize that's who God is, that Jesus showed us who God is, uh, as soon as you get to that realization. changes everything. If you can really believe in that God, if you can believe that Jesus had nothing to gain from that except us, right, and that we have gained everything because of that event, despite our disobedience and sin, then you realize that that shows us who God is. Jesus showed us, once for all, the character of God, period, on the cross. Uh, And to me, that is worth all the magic uh, in the world, that one event. Because now that I know that that's who God is, I know that not only is he all-powerful, but he's willing to make himself powerless in order to fellowship with me, in order to bring me near, then what do I have to fear? I, I don't have anything to fear because my sins have all been washed away. Everything I've ever done has been forgiven. The worst, the worst, darkest thoughts in my heart They've all been forgiven, even the ones I haven't had yet. Jesus did that on the cross one time. Now, of course, some people who who are more on the "well, yeah, but" camp um, don't realize that when you have that "yeah, well, but" thought, you're diminishing power of the cross, but then they say, well, people are going to take advantage of it. Just now that you know that all sin has already been forgiven, you can just go do anything. You can just go do anything, and that's kind of true. Uh, My problem is even people who have shame and guilt still go and do anything. It hasn't stopped them. Shame and guilt doesn't stop us from doing bad things. The only thing that can make us better people is some kind of transformation. The corruption, the sin within us that Paul talks about, right? It's no longer I that do it, but sin living in me. The sin that's in us, um, you might call it original sin, you might, you know, it's sort of the system of the world. Uh, sin has kind of hijacked. Um, Paul said, "It's not I, but sin." You know, if I do, if I do what I don't want to do, then it's not I that does it, but sin in me, right? And so, in a sense, at the cross, Jesus is saying, "I get it. I understand." can't resist the sin in you it's too great a force but he says but i can i can resist that sin and in my resisting the sin and yet being punished for it i can show you who god is and who he's always been and you can have confidence that he has forgiven you And hopefully that, that that knowledge of the fact that we have been forgiven doesn't lead us to try try to be better people, but it starts that love, that pouring out of love that Jesus showed us on the cross starts to transform us from the inside over time. And that we will grow into the knowledge of Jesus. We'll grow into the knowledge of who God is, and as we as we take those steps, if we as we step step by step grow closer to Jesus, I think we uh, exponentially start to experience and encounter Him more uh, in the world. Uh, and at this point, I'm just rambling, man. I, I'm not even sure where I started um, or how I got to this place um, but uh you know I will say that 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 is my journey now that that i I am way closer to understanding exactly who God is um, because of books like uh, Brad Jerzak's A More Christ-like God. Uh, this one as well, uh, Greg Boyd's uh, Crucifixion of the Warrior God. Um, all of uh, the books that are Christocentric. Um, they're centered on Christ-like uh theocracy. Theocracy, which is a book by Frank Viola. He did several books that focus on Jesus. Um, The Jesus Manifesto is a great one. Um, Anything that gets you focused on Christ, whether it's, you know, one of these books or whether it's you taking the time to, to pour over the Gospels, anytime you do this, you're going to grow closer and closer to who God is because Jesus came to show us who God is and he did that in one movement or in one event which was his gruesome death on the cross that's what it was all about he was just trying to heal our image of God which is this new book that I've started reading healing the image of God Sure about the title exactly. Um, so this is this is my hope for you this new year as we start 2018. That your image of God be healed, that you understand better just who he is, that you understand to focus on Jesus and to find your answers in him and to allow him who he is, to shed light on the truth of the rest of scripture. And yes, even the entire world and all of history and the cosmos and uh, everything. Uh, So I'm not sure where to go from there. Um, about to turn in a sense 20 years old in my quest in my in my serious pursuit of, of Jesus um, and uh, sometimes I think I'm, I'm in a sense spiritually hitting a wall it feels like that it feels like that Uh, sheer amount of stuff that I've been learning this last this last year, especially, has just blown my mind to the point where I'm almost feeling like I, I'm not sure it can be blown anymore. You know, where do you go from here? Um, but I tell you what, if if as you are, as you are. Studying the Gospels and studying about Jesus, and studying some some ideas maybe that are uncomfortable to you or that are contrary to your upbringing. Uh, the the way that I measure the way that I measure um, the validity of some of these ideas is not not whether I find it in Scripture because I can find all kinds of stuff in Scripture but is Jesus growing brighter in my in my eyes is he is he glowing ever brighter are the things that i'm learning about Jesus making him even better than i thought he was in the past because we always say that God is so good that we can't comprehend it So we can't say that and then say yeah but he's not that good right we can't just, you know, put those words out there but then say, yeah, but, but God does sometimes command uh, people to kill babies. Uh, God God does sometimes command the, uh, you know, uh, murder of, of women, children, old people, uh, people of other races. Um, uh, yeah, He does sometimes flood the entire world and kill everybody. There are there are ways to read the scripture on the face on face value that will take you so far away from the heart of God that uh, he begins to glow ever duller. He, he may even stop glowing at some point. Uh, that his character is so diminished by taking the Old Testament at face value, for example. Um, but I, there's no way I can tell you uh, in a podcast what's going on with all that, uh, because I, I still don't know completely. I'm, I'm still in the process of learning. But I can tell you that what I'm learning is that there is so much more to it than meets the eye. And right now, this is what I believe. I believe that the Old Testament is inspired by God. And I believe... Let me see how to put this. I believe that it contains... um, places that do not truly depict the character of God. Let me say that again. I believe that the scriptures are inspired by God, but I don't believe that they are inerrant. I don't believe that they are infallible. I believe that the scriptures by God's consent contain things that can be misleading and untrue about God but that they are there on purpose. Um, and and this all stems from my uh, study of the character of God. Um, so the question is, why would God allow something to be written about him that is untrue? and I'll tell you that the answer of that is the same answer that you will get when you say why would God allow his son who is without sin to be punished uh, unjustly those are those are the same two questions okay why would why would God allow scripture to be written about him that is that it contains untruths or half truths or hidden truths is the same question as why would why would Jesus willingly take on the guise of a criminal and die a sinner's death okay those are the same questions and if you can if you can resolve the one, you have resolved the other. Um, and and the short answer is found in this one truth that you'll find in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that is, God is a sin-bearing God. God bears the sins of His people. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and cut it short there. Um, I think that's a lot. It's kind of a, a big, uh, thick sandwich to chew on. And man, I know because my mouth is still full. Uh, It's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, let me see if I can find, think of another cliche here. You can never have too many cliches in one podcast. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. And, uh, just challenge you and encourage you to rethink and reimagine uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, just who God is, what is his character, who is, who is he in his essence? Um, and you will not be disappointed because you've you've taken on this task. You guys have a wonderful two thousand and eighteen and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.